Welcome back to Let's Get Haunted with your hosts, Matt Strawn and Allie. Welcome back, guys, to episode number... Doesn't matter. 90? Who cares? They can see it. They can see it. That's true. I'm pretty sure it's 90. Welcome, guys. Welcome back. And if you're a furry, boy, do we have a special surprise for you. Yes, Natalia, tell me about your Halloween costume. You know what? I'm a cat. I'm a cat that's dying of old age, like an 18-year-old cat sitting on (laughs) the back of a sofa just thinking about death. And you dangle a string in front of it, and it's just like, you know what? I don't have time for this. Right. Well, I think that's very haunted. (laughs) And I love the addition of the red eyes because this is our final episode of October. This is the final spooky season Halloween episode. Yeah. And Nat's a dying cat, and I'm not so flat earth. Yeah. Oh, not so flat earth. I thought you were going to be flatter. You know, the problem is I couldn't make myself two-dimensional. Oh. So I decided let's go the complete opposite of flat earth. Okay. So yeah. not flatter. Correct. So just earth. Look, not quite <laughs> round, though. So okay. still a little bit haunted. Ah, yeah. okay. So you're like in between flat earth and just earth? Right. Like I'm not sure if the earth is flat or not. So right. I'm just safely going in the middle. You're not committing one way or another. You're open to interpretation. Look, who's to say? Right, is I know. Is the earth flat and hollow with magical people living at its core? Who knows? Who knows? Who's yeah. to say? Who's to say? I agree. I love it. I'm just trying to be, you know, very welcoming of all uh, conspiracy theorists on right. this channel. It's so embarrassing when people ask what your podcast is about. And I'm like, oh, well, it's like, you know, aliens and ghosts and like conspiracies. And then they start talking to me about a bunch of conspiracies and, and shit. And you're like, I don't. And I'm like, you know what? I really don't like that part of the show, to be right, honest. Right, right. Like- well, they're <laughs> stressful. I feel like ghost stories are intriguing. Yeah. Alien stories are just like, that's 100% true. So that's just the truth. And then conspiracy theories are just super stressful because it calls into question everything you've ever thought of. Right. So I just choose to ignore them for the most part. Yeah. I'll do a few of them, but it's not out of joy. It's because I'm punishing myself. Exactly. Or it's like sighing deeply before researching a conspiracy theory episode is required. Yeah. That's a requirement. Yeah. And after hearing it. It's and just like- after hearing it, it's just like, all right, I got to go take a Benadryl and sleep for 18 hours because I need to reset my brain and pretend that this never happened. (laughs) Totally agree with that one. Well, the story I'm actually excited to give today is like legit story. It's not going to make anyone want to reset any of their brains. And it it combines some crazy conspiracies, which we've covered on this podcast, with some real life historical events. And those are my favorite kind of episodes to do. Historical events. Yes. Historical events are very fun. Now, history class in high school was awful. (laughs) But I've learned so much from this podcast about interesting history. Right. You know what? I think that history and English class are the two classes where if you don't have a good teacher, it might as well be yeah, math. Yeah, it's game It's over. like snore zone. Exactly. Right? Yeah. But if you have a good teacher, then you're going to remember shit because they're going to turn everything into a story. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. My English and my history teachers were the best teachers I've ever had in my life. So there's like random things that I know about that like I can't unknow. I can't forget rather. Like, uh, <laughs> oh, they're really good at teaching you English, aren't they? You can't unknow stuff. Wow. But what I know is like Beowulf. Like I could talk to you about Beowulf for a long time because right. I remember that. Or I could talk to you about like Mesopotamia or I could talk to you about like Mary Queen of Scots. But when it comes to like everyday getting by, like how to use technology, 
probably not right. going to make it. Well, I guess that's true. Like, I remember a little bit of world history. I just feel like a lot of it was like, all right, we only have one I semester know. to learn literally everything, everything in the world. Everything ever happened in the world. Yeah, exactly. Right. So then you just get the worst parts because it's like, in this year, this treaty was signed. In this year, right. this treaty was signed. I'm like, I don't give a fuck about, about the treaties. treaties. Tell me about the war. Yes. Tell me about the hauntings. Exactly. Tell me about the bitch that got her head cut off. Right. Like, Tell me about, like, how many witch trials did this country have? Right. What were they what, wearing? Yeah. What was up with that? Who like, was fucking who? Exactly. That's what I want to hear. I don't want to hear about treaties, uh, NATO, right. and uh, anything else, yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm super excited that you said that because every time that I do a historical sort of episode, I only choose the parts of history that I like want to yeah. talk about. That's how it should be. Yeah. It's like, don't worry about dates. Don't worry about names. Right. If I tell you that someone had syphilis brain, you're going to remember that. Yeah. You know? Somebody had someone hot did. brain. Great. Yeah. What they do because of their hot brain. That's all I care about. I'm I mean, wearing red contacts because I got these for my Mothman costume, but they didn't come in time. Well, I think that it's a good thing that you wore them today because my least favorite thing about ordering things for this podcast is when they don't arrive in time. So then I abandon it uh, altogether. So I, I admire that you stuck to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had to figure something out. And if I'm being honest, how the fuck do people put this shit in their eyes? I've never tried. I You've never worn contacts? Never. Didn't you have glasses though for a while? I do have glasses. I choose not to wear them. Oh, so can you not see very well? No, I can see. It's like, okay, so the glasses I have are for nighttime driving. Mm. Uh, because when I look at lights at night, let me know if anyone else has this problem. When I look at like street lights, I have, there's like a giant halo that uh. like kind of like blurs everything out around it. So I have these glasses that are supposed to help for that. Did you ever go in tanning beds as a teenager? Never. Okay. I did, which doesn't make sense because I'm already brown. But <laughs> you guys, I wanted to be more brown. Right. So they said that if you didn't wear those like little ugly cone things on your it eyes. It just burns your retina. That the UV rays would go through and they would make it so that at night all the lights would have like a oh, halo around them and be blurry and it would be hard to see at night. So huh. I was just wondering. Maybe that was a lie. Maybe they just wanted me to spend money to get those ugly things because they're like, why would anyone want to buy this? Super ugly. Right. Or they just don't want to be liable just in case. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The only other thing I wanted to talk about today is that I don't have a nail cam today. My nails are very gross, but I have a butterfly sticker yeah, cam. I love that. So it's very cute. Maybe we'll add in post a picture of my butterfly stickers. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you said there's no nail cam this week. So like I like give up on doing my nails. Well, I had really long natural nails. Like yeah. those dragon nails and all that shit, guys. That was my real nail. And if you don't know that, that's a fucking hard work to grow that shit out yeah, without it breaking off. Grow. So I just got annoyed with it. I couldn't type. I couldn't do anything. First of all, I have like huge man hands. And I was like, <laughs> you know what? I literally cut it like just in a moment of madness. I cut my nails so short that they were bleeding. What? Because I have really long nail beds. That's part of the reason that it's easy to, for me to grow them long is because like the pad of my nail, like the meat of my nail Ugh. that's holding the nail Ugh. on is like longer than the average nails. So it's like, even if they look like an inch long, they're really only half an inch long. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. So then I was just like, you know what? This is average bitch summer, like average bitch yeah. nails <laughs> I'm bringing back. And it's its own form of haunting. Yeah, I like quit breastfeeding because I fucking just can't do it anymore, guys. I'm done with it. But it was so exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm so glad. I, it's 
comment below if you've ever given up breastfeeding and just been like, I feel so free now. Yeah. <laughs> now, the first thing I did was I went and I got a sugar-free Red Bull and I drank the shit out of it with my fucking average girl nails and I felt so free. Yes, like, you're, you're a phoenix rising from the ashes. Yes. A whole new woman. Yes, I was Love so it. excited. Who knows what could happen next? Maybe I'll just smoke a blunt later. I don't know. Who knows? You know, it's freedom. I haven't been able to do whatever I wanted with my body for like over a fucking year. Right. Because that guy was inside of me. That's true. You were a conduit to his survival. Yes. It wasn't about you. And now it's right. finally about you again. I know. Yes. So I feel like you guys are going to see like a new a new Nat coming up. I'm, I'm very I'm excited. I'm currently sober right now, but so don't get any ideas. Sometimes people comment. They're like, I think Nat's high. And I'm like... You guys, we're just naturally stupid. I don't <laughs> yeah. really know like what else to say, especially sometimes when we do collaborations. I feel like our core audience knows us. Right. But sometimes we do collabs or we have a guest on and they bring their audience. And that's always when we get the comments about like they're so high. Yeah. What are they doing? Right. What are they even talking about? They're being so weird. It's like, hi, welcome to our show. You know what? I just thought of another personal haunting. What? So last night at like 1130 p.m., I'm laying in bed. I'm like so close to falling asleep. My phone was on loud for some reason. Normally I have it on vibrate. Oh no. And it, the little like ding of my, of like a text message coming through. I have like the wind chime noise. Oh wow. So it's like ring. Yeah. And that's then, meditative. Yeah. Meditative, but also disturbed me because I was nearly asleep. <laughs> and so I pick up my phone and I look and it's from a number I don't have saved and I open it and it is like two of those like wet emojis. I was like, what the fuck? Who is this? And then a couple seconds later, the grossest dick pic <gasps> I've ever seen in my life came through. And it was, I so I blocked the number. It, I'm like pretty sure this person like had no balls or they were like up inside them. And then just like this weird, like the head didn't match the shaft. It was disgusting. No offense if you have a dick like that, but also don't send unsolicited dick pics. Right. And I went into work today and I was like searched the HR database just to see. And it's somebody who I work with. <gasps> Someone who you work with? So you're going to fire them, right? Yeah. By the time you hear this, the, they'll be fired. Why yeah. would they do that? Because they didn't show up to work today. Uh, Could have been a mistake, but I doubt it. Are they just like, hi? I don't know. I think so. They just... did that, and then they didn't show up to work. Right. Let me show you what it looks like. No, I don't want to. I want it. you to describe it. I don't want to see it. Well, too late. I don't want to get closer. That is disgusting. Yeah, it's very it's graphic. Fucking gross. Why is it so clear? Uh, yeah, I know. What kind of like model iPhone do you have? Also, why would you ever think it's a good idea to send your HR rep? A How did they have your number? Uh, because everybody has my number because I'm HR. So if they have to call me to be like, hey, I, I'm like oh, having right. this problem or And whatever. not even from like a burner phone? Nope. What the fuck? Has that ever happened to you before? Um, Actually, the other day I got um after work hours, somebody sent me like very clearly a drunk text being like, uh, you, actually, do you want me to read it to you? Yeah. Okay. How stupid it. are these people? So, I mean, when you work with a large swath of people, I feel like most people are really fucking cool, never give you any shit. Right. But then the couple people who like constantly cause problems for you are like the the worst problems you can ever imagine, like sending right. you a dick pic. It's just so frustrating because I feel like you only have to deal with that because you're female, you know? Yes, 100%. And that's why I dress like 
a completely different person at work. Uh, but yeah, the text I got the other day was something like, uh, your beautiful eyes. Keep in mind, I wear a mask at work. So like this person was like <laughs> definitely like searching for compliments. And I'm, right. but I'm also the like. The only thing you can see on your face, but you also have beautiful eyes. Well, thank you, Natalia. They're, yeah. they're very round, I will say. And yeah. they stare at you very intensely whenever yeah, you tell me Yeah, the whites are so white. Sanpaku eyes, right? Is that what it's called? Where we learned about in the Kennedy Curse episode, where like the whites of your eyes. Oh, crazy eyes! Yeah, crazy eyes. What Sanpaku mean in Spanish? Uh, no, it's Japanese. I oh. I, I think it just means whites of your eyes. <laughs> I was thinking like S A N Paco, like Sanpaku. <laughs> oh, eyes. oh, and it sounded Spanish to me. Well, Saint Paco, right? <laughs> Saint Paco eyes. Wow, we really have gone off course. We have, but those are the two hauntings going on. Because I feel like lately I haven't really shared any personal hauntings with you. Those are super haunted. These are super haunted. People really like to hear about how shitty our lives are. They're like, oh, that's great. I'm on my way to my job. That's normal in right, my like, right. scheduled life where like things go right. This right. is hilarious. I will also say, because now I feel bad for sharing these two stories, I love my job. I love what I do. This doesn't happen frequently. This is just every once in a while, you'll get some douchebag dude. And it's always yeah. someone new. Somebody new that's just like, I have an HR rep that's not a hundred years old. Right. Now I'm going to get wasted and send the weirdest text of my life. A dick pic to be- them. On the off chance that she's receptive. How are people even still sending dick pics? <sighs> I don't know. Like, how is that even a thing? I mean, again, it could have been a wrong number text, but like that's a pretty awful wrong number. So the guy that sent me like the drunk text about like your eyes are so beautiful or whatever. um, He also said that he really likes me because I am simple. I was laughing like so hard. Is he calling you dumb or is he calling you plain? Like, what is that? You're simple. I will say that like the difference between like American culture and some other cultures and not every culture, but some other ones is that Americans are even though we think we're not, we're very to the point. Right. Like it's like, hey, you did this wrong. Oh, you need to do this. Yeah. Blunt. I think that's what he meant. But the way he phrased it was like. Oh, I just really like you because you're so well, simple. You're also, his fucking HR representative. You're not gonna like say like weird poetic shit to them. You're gonna be like, here by law, I'm gonna tell you <laughs> yeah, what you yeah. have to fucking do. Maybe next time I'll just start reading Shakespeare, like in a Shakespeare voice. Yeah. Be like, thou hast violated <laughs> commandment number seven point two of thine employee handbook. Wow, I would like to thank some of Woo! our donors. Okay, we're Donor gonna be thanking. Time. Brielle S, Louis W, Elena B, or Lana B, and Jennifer Payne. And Jennifer Payne donated $69.69. Whoa. Thank you so much, Jennifer. And if you guys want to donate to us, we really appreciate it more than you know, more than we have time to talk about on the show. Absolutely. You can Venmo me, first of all, at NatStrong. Or you can paypal.me slash natstron. Or you can cash app dollars at dollar sign Natalia Stron. Or you can go to letsgethaunted.com. There is a link to donate to our Kofi page where you can give us holy water or something else. You can I think it's just holy water, but look, the more holy water you give us, the more extreme hauntings we can safely bring you. Right. Exactly. And I'd like to sh- to thank i almost said shank i would like to thank sean r sydney b lara or laura w i think it's lara lara w lauren d 
and Olivia M. Thank you guys so much Thank you. for your generous donations. Yeah. Your donations keep the show going. You can also continue to buy merch on our website. Right. We want to make Letterman jackets yeah. that are Let's Get Haunted Letterman jackets. That would be How so cute would that cool. be? Right? Love it. Like I'm here for with it. the LGH on the over the heart. And then maybe you can so get some cute. patches of the different <gasps> episodes. Okay. Like a Mothman yes. patch. I would wear that literally every day. A nightmare patch. I know, right? And then I was even thinking too of putting on the back like a horse on fire rearing like the nightmare that would be really fucking right cool. how cool that be and everyone would be like that's a fucking sick jacket and you would be like yeah listen to let's get haunted that's right i wanted to shout out addy s who is a listener of our podcast mm. who just got married a couple weeks ago and while she was setting up for her wedding she was listening to let's get haunted what and that may that gave you peace i think so she was I like, think- you know, it could be so- like whatever happens in this marriage can't be as bad as what I'm hearing about. Right, right. Like, like it gives you, know, you the opposite of cold feet. At least I'm not at a crossroads, like watching the procession of the dead and the damned walk. That's down incredible. The Wait, I w- I hope she sends pictures or something like that. I, I told her. See. I told her send pictures of her dress. So I think I think she will at some point. Oh, amazing! Well, congratulations. Look at Let's Yay! Get On It, getting people married. I can't believe this. <laughs> yes, we take all the credit for your marriage, Addie. <laughs> if it's successful and you have a good honeymoon, it's because you listened to Let's Get Haunted. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, that is not a good segue for this, but you said it you wanted to be. shank someone earlier. Oh, yeah, it was an accident. I was trying to say thank, but the guy's name was Sean, so it came out shank. Well, shank is actually a very good subway. I almost just said subway. Yeah, it's a you good subway. It could be a good subway to it's where we're going. It's a subterranean train system into the <laughs> next topic. <laughs> so, Alyssa, yes, are you ready to get into this story? Never been more ready in all of my days. Give me some excited body language. Woo! <laughs> Alyssa, that might have been a touch too crazy. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I went from zero to 100 real quick. Alyssa, yes, the story I'm about to tell you today mm-hmm. will break your spirits. Oh, oh, it will oh drain God. you of all of the will you have to save humanity from itself. It will shroud your joy in a heavy fog of hopelessness, like a lost kitten following a ray of sunlight out of a dark wood, only to be met by a pack of wolves somewhere in the meadow. It will carry you to the climax of human suffering and then release you like a nestling shoved from the safety of your mama's home to splat on the unforgiving concrete. It will challenge your tolerance for the ethical treatment of mankind. It will break your spirits as it's designed to. That's right. This story is designed to break your spirit because it's modeled on a building which was only created to break spirits. Do you have any idea what we're going to talk about today? Something that's going to break my soul? Can you reread that last part? I was just concentrating on splatting against pavement, and then I just, I got so triggered. This story is designed to break your spirit because it's modeled on a building which was only created to break spirits. Okay, so a bill. oh, is this a, okay, is this, is this a sanitarium? Ooh. Well, I would argue that sanitariums are supposed to like unbreak your spirit. Oh, but the old timey ones? Yeah, but they did. The old timey ones when they were still called insane asylums, I feel like they just made you do hard labor and take lithium. Yeah. And that's it. They're like, oh, you're angrier than the average person. Welcome to jail. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Is that what this is about? No, this is not. Oh. If you get sent to this particular haunted prison... 
It's because you were unable to behave in any other prison. Okay. Alcatraz was built. Alcatraz was built to break the spirits of even the most rebellious criminals in the United States. Do you know anything about Alcatraz? I know that it's no longer in operation. Mm -hmm. It's located on an island off of Northern California's coast. Right. And I know that there were some people that tried to escape once. Yes. So that's pretty good. I would say blanket knowledge. So Alcatraz was built in 1933. But before that, it had a long history of being a prison and suffering. Mm. So in 1933, our government, the U.S. government, decided to open a maximum security, minimum privilege prison to deal with the worst criminals of all time. Okay. It is situated 1.25 miles offshore from San Francisco. And it's so close to San Francisco that you can actually see it from San Francisco. And Alcatraz Island was a federal penitentiary for nearly 30 years. It operated from 1934 to 1963. And here's some photos. So you can see this little tiny island here. And then there's the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. And the water in the San Francisco Bay Area is super cold. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have a good time if you try to escape. Like okay. you, you would freeze pretty pretty quickly. Yeah, or at least you'd get I hypothermia and, and muscle cramps and drown. Yeah, I would. I don't like cold water at all. Some no. people really like it and they've got issues. Okay, so here's some more pictures of it there. You can see, and it's nicknamed The Rock. Because of its formidable, like the rock, Dwayne Johnson. No, yeah, yeah, that's exactly why. <laughs> yeah. It's because it's because it. You know what? I don't know why. It's because they. It's a rock in the middle of the sea. That's what an island is, right? right? And it's hard, right? And prison is hard, I guess. Here's another picture. So see how close it is? Like 1.25 miles. If you really wanted to, I feel like you could swim. Like you could make that happen. Right. I definitely agree. Yeah. Um, Supposedly there's a bunch of sharks in there. Don't know if that's true or not. Didn't care about researching it. (laughs) Wasn't interesting. Move on to the next topic. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So the inmates who were sent to Alcatraz were known as the incorrigibles. Do you know what an incorrigible is? I think it's just like, like if you're an incorrigible, it's like, um, you like just do you act out yeah it's like the people that like sent you the dick pic and the drunk I, don't, I feel like when I hear incorrigible though I think of someone that's like I always think of like a precocious child that's just like acting out right. I don't think of like someone like haunted, a grown man like, sexually assaulting you yeah with, you know? yeah yeah sexually yeah. harassing yeah 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 exactly So they were called the incorrigibles because they couldn't stop causing trouble at other prisons that they were at. And the inmates who were judged to be too violent, quote, too violent and unpredictable, they were sent to Alcatraz. Do you know what its other nickname is besides the rock? The box. Inescapable hellhole. (laughs) Well, that's. Quite more descriptive than the rock. I don't think we have to guess at why it's called that. It's pretty colorful, right? Yeah. You know? The inescapable hellhole? Yeah. It's pretty bad. Wow, that's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're already in prison and they're like, you know what, we're going to send you somewhere worse. And you're like, what's worse than prison? And they're like, an inescapable hellhole, actually. Right. Because if you said, hey, we're going to send you to the rock, 
Right. You're like, where's Dwayne the Rock Johnson at? Yeah. And is he Fast and Furious? <laughs> Was he in Fast and Furious? Yeah. Yeah. He's in the later ones. Yeah. Family. Um, yeah, family. Family. The first convicts that arrived at Alcatraz were brought in secrecy on August 11th, 1934. Okay. And they were brought from McNeil Island in Washington State, which was actually a prison. Okay. There were 14 prisoners that were brought to Oakland, which is like near San Francisco, via train, and then they were transported to the penitentiary. After they were safely ensconced in their cells, like already in their cells, Everything's locked up. The mission has already been completed. Then the media was alerted that they had transferred people to Alcatraz. Now, why do you think that they would be so secretive about people moving over to Alcatraz? Probably because they didn't want like paparazzi on boats over by the island. Yeah. So that's a that's a really good uh, guess there. That's part of it. But also because the people that they were transferring to Alcatraz were the incorrigibles. They were people who had tried to escape from prison. Mm. There were people who were running like gangs in prison. They were people who were not being reformed by the prison system. Right. And so they were thinking if we let people on the outside know that we're moving these prisoners some of their buddies might try to break them out. Oh. There might be gunfire from gangs because at this time, 1934, shortly after the prohibition, there was a ton of gang violence that was going on in the United States because as we know, maybe we'll get into this in another episode, prohibition created some of like the most famous gangsters of all time. Yeah, totally. Because instead of people like quitting drinking, it, that didn't happen. They just had speakeasies and they had gangsters who were running moonshine and, and uh, bootlegging alcohol. Yeah, organized crime to the extreme. Yeah, like exactly. Like mafia shit. Yeah and, yeah, and some of these prisoners that were being moved to Alcatraz were famous in the news like if you were this crazy famous gangster you're protected by a lot of the city like you have bought out some of the police in the area and That's stuff true. like that so um a lot of people aren't going to do anything to put you in prison you know yeah and if you went to prison they're trying to bust you out to win your favor that was the first set of prisoners they brought in. Now, by the time that the second set of prisoners was coming in, everyone knew about this. They were like, oh, my gosh, there's this maximum security prison that's off the coast of San Francisco that's supposed to be inescapable, that they're sending the most famous, the craziest fucking batshit insane, like, you know, celebrity murderer type people over there. This is exciting. I mean, it's 1934. Like, it's the Depression era. Yeah. You don't have a lot to do. Right. It's like Reality TV hasn't been invented, so this is like the closest we can get to watching trashy Color people. TV hasn't even been invented. Make bad decisions. Yes, you know it. what I mean. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah, so, we don't have Love Island yet. Yeah, so you've got to go to an island, Alcatraz Island, and tell a gangster that you love him. Right. Yeah. Wow. Wow. The original Love Island. So the prison's most well-known inmates were Al Capone, Robert Franklin Stroud, aka the Birdman of Alcatraz. Mickey Cohen and James Bulger. Do you know any of those people? Or have you heard any of those names? Is that Whitey Bulger? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow, you know him. So this, yeah, I know him personally. <laughs> uh, so yeah, these are all people from like the Italian mafia, right? So and, uh, Actually, I think Whitey was Irish. Oh, I'll get into it. So okay. I, actually, I took some of the most famous people from the prison because Alcatraz is infamous. There's a ton of stories. If you find this episode interesting, you can go do some research on your own. We only have like an hour to talk about this. So right. I picked some of the most infamous cases. So Al Capone, he was 
Alfonsi Gabriel Capone, and he was nicknamed Scarface because his face was sliced with a blade during a fight. And here is a picture of him. So I've heard of Al Capone. Sometimes people name their horses Al Capone. I don't know why. People really are fascinated by mob and mafia culture of the olden times. Do you want you know? to describe him? Yeah, he's just like a chubby white guy. Um, yeah, right. He has like thinning hair. Kind of a baby face. Kind of a baby face. Wearing a suit and tie. Where? In a mugshot. And he's got that suit, suit and tie. I'm going to scar his face tonight. <laughs> Okay, so he started his life of crime as a literal child. He was running around with street gangs as a child. That's sad. And then at 20, he moved to Chicago and he took over all of the organized crime there. Like he was like, yeah, see what you guys are doing? You're dead. Now I'm in charge. I could do it better. Right, exactly. Yeah. And then he rose to infamy as basically I wrote the king of Chicago during Prohibition by bootlegging prostitution rings, gambling, murder, and just gunning down any rivals. So you didn't want to mess with this guy, right. essentially. He was at that time making $100,000 per week. And wow, in the 30s? Yes. Too? So it's estimated if he was still doing what he's doing today, he would be worth $1.3 billion. Damn. You know what? I Never mind. I was going to say something controversial and it no, was a joke. It. Okay. It was a joke. I was going to say, I like respect that more than I respect some of our current billionaires. I know. Like, right? at least he's like, hey, yeah, I'm a billionaire. And yeah, it was gotten through like scamming people right. and uh, conducting crime. Instead yeah. of currently we have billionaires that are like. They're still conducting crime yeah. and scamming people, but they've but, changed the right. legislation so that it doesn't make it appear so. Correct. They're like, oh, uh, we have like children in other countries that are dying from some of the offsets of yeah. our giant billionaire companies. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know? Oh, I have a child mining lithium for my iPhone or whatever. Yeah. Like, oh, don't care. What is that true? I'm pretty sure. Oh, my God. See, that every day I learn something that just makes me feel like I can't live on yeah, this earth anymore. But here's the thing. What are, what are you going to do about it? I know. You it's know? like, that, like th that song by Bo Burnham where he's like, they say the ocean's rising like a give a shit. Yeah. They say there's something else. No, they say the world is ending. Well, it already did. It's just like, you're not going to stop it. You've already tried. So go ahead. Now get inside. Did you guys really enjoy that? That was really good. Thank you. I wish that we like owned the rights to the Jeff Bezos song that he did because that's what CEO I want to play. Entrepreneur, entrepreneur born in 1964, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Bezos. That fucking song gets so stuck in my head. I'm it's in the middle really of the night. really fucking good. That and then also this other song that my baby likes. It's like B-I-N-G-O. <laughs> B-I-N-G-O. Let's do a mashup. How about in the background of this entire episode, let's have a mashup of the Jeff Bezos song and B-I-N-G-O. And, and bingo. Yeah. Was his name of. Yeah. It kind of would work. C-E-O, B-I-N-G-O. <laughs> Someone someone who has a We're musical talent, something. you can do that. Right. So basically, he was worth $1.3 in olden times speak. But he was controversial in that, unlike our billionaires of today, he would give back to the community. So right. isn't well, that weird? Well, that's like super common in cartels, too, where it's like, okay, you let us do our organized crime here. And we'll like build you a church, a school, and or look, something. your government's not doing anything for you. Right. But look, we did this, so ignore all of the other shit we're doing. Right. 
because look, yeah, we built you a church or a school. Okay, so Birdman of Alcatraz. Here's a photo of him, and I regret to inform you that he is hot. I think. Yeah, I mean he's hotter than uh, the <laughs> than Scarface for sure. Um, he he looks. This guy looks Irish. He's got to be Irish. His right? profile though, there's something about a nice profile. Like some people from the side look so hot, and then they turn forward, and you're like, okay, not what I was expecting. Right. Maybe that's it because like your imagination fills out what they're looking to just be the best version of anything. Who knows? He looks like a bad boy. He's looking at the camera oh, he like, is. hey, I am bad. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything that bad boy said. Hey, did you know that I'm a bad boy? Well, he was a convicted murderer, an oh. American federal prisoner, and he was also an author who oh. had been cited as one of the most notorious criminals in the United States. He was never released from the federal prison system. He was imprisoned from 1909 until his death in 1963. He could just not behave. He kept starting fights. He just constantly found himself in solitary confinement, et cetera, et cetera. And it was one of these times that he was in solitary that he found a nest of sparrows that had been injured. Oh, and he nursed them back to health. And then he started like breeding stuff and, and he got all these canaries somehow. I don't know. A long story. Like I didn't have time to look at that. Right. I'm just trying to get to hauntings. Right. 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 And But it was kind of cool because by the end of his prison stay, he had written a book about canaries oh. and like had done scientific research that was literally published and that went on to like help the scientific community. How from random. Prison. How random. Right. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. So he was born in Seattle, Washington, and he had run away from his abusive father at the age of 13. By the time he was 18, he had become a pimp in Alaska. And then in January of 1909, he shot and killed a bartender who had attacked his mistress. He was sentenced to 12 years in the federal penitentiary on McNeil Island. I, to me, I read that and that I think that's one of those other cases of just somebody who's had like a lot of trauma and doesn't and doesn't really belong in the prison system. I mean, it sounds like he was uh, pimping people out, right? I don't know. Is that is that what you said or did I? He became a pimp in Alaska. Yeah, so that's not good. Yeah. I just heard that he had defended one of his mistresses. <laughs> yeah. But I like for some reason I forget that pimps are bad. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, they're bad. Yeah. They're like it's like sex trafficking. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's sex trafficking and that's why uh the sex industry in the US just needs to be legalized because that way women can work for themselves on OnlyFans or in person, whatever they want to do. Right. And then you don't need a shady pimp that's like taking a cut of your money and yeah. like trafficking you and choosing clients for you. It's not like a guy with a cane and like a sparkly outfit. Who's, I mean, maybe. We don't it? know. We don't know if he was wearing a sparkly outfit in Alaska. You guys, I'm sorry. I said that he didn't belong in prison, but he totally did. <laughs> well, we, well, hey, he was like saving animals and shit. Like, I don't know. Say? Perhaps he was pimping himself out. We don't know. Someone attacked him. And so he shot the person. He was his own <laughs> mistress. <laughs> I was thinking, like, he pimped out his ride. <laughs> like, oh. we... Wow. Okay. <laughs> he, like, saw his car in Alaska and was like, I'm going to pimp myself out. So I told you he wrote that book about birds, basically. Yeah, right? Which well, is why you like him. <laughs> it turned out that he had an IQ of 112. Is that good? 
I this is how dumb I am. I had to Google IQ ranges to yeah. understand if that I was good or, good or not. Because why would they include that in a description of him unless it was either really bad or really good? Yeah. I well, I'm waiting for you to tell so me. So I okay. So apparently, 90 to 109 is average. Okay. 110 to 119 is high average. 120 to 129 is superior, and 130 and above is very superior. Okay, so he's just above average. So why'd they even include that? I don't know. Don't tell me about it unless you are beating Albert Einstein. I can't. Or, yeah. Yeah. I can't have an opinion on it until I take an IQ test and figure out where I fall. Right. Because if I'm like way above that, then I'm going to have a different opinion if I'm way below that. Oh, I see what you're saying. Right. So therefore, I have no opinion on his IQ, guys. We don't even know what the IQ tests were like back then. Right. Like, is it just pictures of animals and it's like, name this animal? Right. What noise does the cow make? Right. Great. Your IQ is at least 90. I would be great at that. I'd be like, that's a pangolin. Tell me more about animals. I love animals. I know that I have taken an IQ test before and I posted it on Facebook back in the day with the results, but I don't remember what the results were. Because remember back in the day- Wow. It must have been good because why would you post it on Facebook? Well, I was going to say, remember back in the day on Facebook, they had like, maybe they still have this. I only go on there for our- for our page facebook.com slash let's get haunted if you want to check it out sometimes the normies find us on there when something goes viral and it's like middle-aged women not understanding how to comment it's karen's yeah yeah um but back in the day you used to like take these quizzes that that were like built in or baked into facebook and then it would automatically post your results right but yeah to your point i would have deleted it if it said my iq was like two adult genius flat (laughs) baby flat earth woman flat yes hey I'm just saying, is the earth round? We don't know. I might have a high IQ, but I don't remember. So you should listen to me. <laughs> Do you know who Mickey Cohen is? By the way, we're going to get through this shit really oh, fast because yeah, yeah. then I have to get to the hauntings. Okay. Mickey Cohen looks like he got punched in the eye. He is another white guy. He looks like a bulldog. And yeah. he has um, like two patches of hair on the side of his head, kind of like um, Seinfeld. Uh, fuck. What's his name? George. George, George from Seinfeld. Costanza. Yes. Yes. So as a t- Cohen's story is pretty cool. He was actually boxing in illegal prize fights in L.A. as a teenager. Sick. And then in 1929, he was only 15. He moved from L.A. to Cleveland to train as a professional boxer with the alias of Irish Mickey Cohen. He finished his career with eight wins, two by knockout, and eight losses, four by knockout, and five draws. So... He was an interesting guy to yeah, watch. Sounds right? like he had some brain damage going on. Boxing is so scary. I watch like UFC every once in a while. Right. And it's just like. So Cohen then moved to Chicago and he uh, became involved in organized crime. He became friends with Al Capone. Mm-hmm. And then he was arrested for his role in the deaths of several gangsters in a card game that went wrong. Okay. After a brief time in prison, he was released, and then he began running card games again and other illegal gambling operations. He later became an associate of Capone's younger brother, and then while he was working, he was forced to flee Chicago after an argument with a rival gangster gambler rather pushed him out. Because as you know, these gambling things don't go well. There's some sort of argument, and now people are dying. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, then he somehow got involved in gambling in Vegas and he helped set up the Flamingo Hotel. 
That's gnarly. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. He, set, he helped set it up. He ran the sports book operation. And then during that time, he met and he fell in love with a sex worker named Levon Weaver. Who, and they got married in 1940. Yeah. I, I'm adding that in because I'm trying to show you that these people, like, they weren't. I feel like gangsters are always painted as people who are, like, only, like, killing and murdering. But they're doing that so that they can fund their lifestyle. So they're still, like, getting married and having children. Everyone is multifaceted. And it's important to hear all the pieces of the puzzle that make up this man. So last thing. In 1947, there the crime families that were operating in Vegas ordered the murder of uh, Cohen's friend. And due to his friend's mismanagement of the Flamingo Hotel. So basically, he was like skimming money off of the top of the Flamingo Hotel. So instead of firing him, they decided that they were going to murder him. Okay. So they murdered him. And then Cohen got really upset. And he ran into the Hotel Roosevelt, where the assassins were supposedly staying. He fired rounds from two of his 45 caliber semi-automatic handguns into the lobby ceiling. And he demanded that the assassins come outside in 10 minutes. However, no one then everyone was trying to kill him he faced many attempts on his life including the bombing of his home on the posh street called marino avenue in brentwood in los angeles really yeah isn't that crazy i didn't know that yeah so then he had to convert his home into a fortress he installed floodlights alarm systems bunch of fencing and he had a well-equipped arsenal which he often joked was right next to his 200 tailor-made suits that's to me that's crazy that's like somewhere here in LA I wonder if they if that building is still there yeah I would be super interested because I bet you that building's super haunted yeah crazy what about James Bulger all I know is that his nickname was Whitey and I'm looking at him and he is an angry looking white guy um he has a widow's peak yeah he's a first generation Irish immigrant okay so he is Irish he's blonde um wearing a button down yeah He developed a reputation as a thief and a street fighter who was fiercely loyal to South Boston. That led him to meeting more experienced criminals, and he found more lucrative opportunities through those criminal connections. He he was charged with larceny, which I still don't understand. What what is larceny? I don't know. Crime involving the unlawful taking or theft of personal property under another person or business. Okay. Okay, whatever. All right. So he was doing that. And then he joined this street gang known as the Shamrocks. That's sick. And he was eventually arrested for assault, forgery, and armed robbery. Then he was sentenced to a juvenile reformatory for those crimes. But shortly after his release in April 1948, he joined the United States Air Force. They just let him in, even though he was like a Shamrock gangster man. He also was known for wearing cowboy boots that he kept a switchblade in. Huh. I thought that was interesting. So he was in the mil- he was in the military for a while, but then he got sent to military prison, obviously, uh, for several assaults in quotations. And then later he was arrested by the Air Force police in 1950 for going absent without leave. Then he received an honorable discharge in 1952 and he returned to Massachusetts. Bunch of other shit happened. He was in um, this federal prison in Atlanta penitentiary before moving to Alcatraz. Now, if you were sent to Alcatraz. Do you know how they got these prisoners there? Like, I can't drive this home enough. These prisoners have connections to the outside. Right. So if they're moving, like, Al Capone, or they're moving any one of these people who were part of these super famous, super powerful street gangs, they would have to have, like, a hundred security guards all armed with, like, machine guns and rifles and shit in case any of the gangsters showed up 
to free them out or yeah. to just cause a shooting and or possibly rival gangs would try to shoot them so they couldn't testify against them. Oh, that makes sense, too. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. So the way that they got prisoners to Alcatraz was crazy. Have you ever seen pictures of this? Mm-mm. Is designed? that a fucking tank? It's a train on top of a boat. So what happens is, is they would take all the prisoners, they would put them on a train, and this was not a normal train. The train had bars over the windows. It was like fully armed. They had 60 FBI agents standing around on the train. All of the inmates were shackled to their chairs and then handcuffed in their hands. So they weren't fucking going anywhere, securely handcuffed to their seats for the entire journey. And sometimes these journeys coming from Atlanta to Alcatraz took three days. So the prisoners were literally just sitting there stuck to their seat for three days Wait, with how do you 60 people. Probably you might be unshackled and then someone follows you to the bathroom with a gun. I don't know. Yeah. Or I'm they're just like, shit, your pants, who cares? Yeah. So here's the bucket. Then when you're on the train, once the train gets to a stop that's known as Tiburon, the, the three chart car train minus the locomotive was rolled onto a railroad barge and it was towed to Alcatraz by a tugboat. So you want to describe that? photo it looks like a tank to me because it's a black and white photo but i understand it's on water so it can't be a tank but it just like picture a tank that floats and that's what it looks like also it's like terrifying to me the thought of being on a boat and handcuffed like if something goes wrong you're gonna drown that's a great point i didn't again i didn't even think of that but it i mean i guess it kind of makes sense because they don't even want to take people out of the train to transfer them to a boat because too dangerous yeah then like someone could have a headshot for Mm -hmm. that person or somebody could i don't know like a whole gang of people could pull up and like grab the guy and leave right so your train coach was literally loaded onto a barge and shipped to the island And at each stop for water and fuel, if you were on one of these like three day trips or whatever, there would be a bunch of federal agents armed with machine guns who surrounded the train entirely. And then in some cases, like the second delivery of the prisoners, the train from Atlanta to the island took three days long, like I said. And during that time, they had like 60 uh, marshals and FBI agents just standing inside the train. At the whole time. There's a movie called Escape from Alcatraz with Clint Eastwood. It's really great. You guys should watch it. But in the movie, they port- they show Clint Eastwood is getting sent to Alcatraz. And he's just like sitting on this train doing nothing. Like he's he's literally just sitting there. And it's so serious. Like there's people all around him. He can't hardly even see because there's so many like marshals and stuff. And they're like just holding a gun to him the whole time. And he's like, I'm literally just sitting here. Right. Like, what am I going to do? Right. So the second delivery of prisoners from Atlanta to San Francisco on August 22nd after the first secret one, it caused quite a stir. So the first time people saw this train get onto a ship with a bunch of dudes with guns surrounding a bunch of guys, they were like super amped on this, right? Yeah. So it was exciting. And they were thinking maybe some of these prisoners are famous because Al Capone, they knew that he was at this prison in Atlanta. Maybe he was getting shipped to Alcatraz. Right. So people were really excited. The media was on high alert. And because of this, we have some amazing photographs of the arrival of prisoners to Alcatraz, including Al Capone from August 22nd, 1934. So here is a photo of federal prisoners arriving by by train to be loaded directly on the railroad barge for Alcatraz from August 22nd, 1934. Cool. Here's Al Capone is supposedly in this photo. I can't really like see anything, but I believe in them. I like I don't even know how to describe these photos you guys because it's just like it's nothing I've ever seen before um so yeah it's like a train and then there's like close-ups looking in the windows of the train but it's kind of hard to see like you can kind of make out some human shapes wearing white but yeah that's really it 
Um, next photo shows again the train. Yeah, but they're like all 1934, like sepia toned, like black and yeah. white. Then you see see all these onlookers as the train is going by. People literally came out of their houses and they drove from across town to just go stand to see the train of prisoners go by. Yeah. Of like the most famous gangsters. I mean, again, there wasn't much to do right? during the Depression other than be depressed. So might as well go and <laughs> look at some trains. So the, the train was being followed by press, media, and onlookers. And the people driving the prisoners decided that they were going to have some issues. So the Oakland Tribune reported, quote, news of its arrival immediately set federal and local authorities on edge throughout the Bay District. It was assumed that either Richmond or Oakland would be made the point of transfer to the Alcatraz tug. It was at these points that gangster gunplay was expected. So they tried to trick the gangsters that were going to shoot up the whole fucking situation. So they rerouted the train off the main line and they sent it south to a little railroad town uh, called Tiburon. And news reporters got even crazier. They chartered boats of their own to harass the barge, get pictures of it. At all the way to the island, so much so that the Coast Guard had to step in. So here's a photo of, see that big Coast Guard cutter ship yep. mm-hmm. in front of it? So the Coast Guard is there and trying to keep the prisoners away from the media because they don't know, is this really a photographer or is this going to be a gangster who pulls out a machine gun and opens fire? Well, also, okay, so this paparazzi boat cuts in front and gets run over by this giant barge that's like right. hauling prisoners. It's just a whole. And now do. we have more ghosts. And now we have paperwork. Yeah, paperwork, <laughs> which is worse than ghosts. So there, there were a few residents of Alcatraz, and they were given strict orders to not leave their residencies until the convicts were safely locked inside their scales, uh, cells rather, and their scales, uh, to prevent hostage situations. Mm. So they didn't want the prisoners to be walking by, and there be civilians, and the prisoners to like somehow take the people hostage. Okay. Uh, yeah, they were I like really scared of these prisoners, like even with them with them like handcuffed and all of that they just didn't know what kind of schemes these people were up to because they had already some of them had already escaped from prison and been caught again so civilians though they didn't listen as civilians do and they peeked through their windows and they there was even a case of a teenager whose name was Mary Elliot whose father ran the island powerhouse of Alcatraz and they said she said rather there he is mama that's Al Capone now, I don't know why that tiny sentence lives on in history forever. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's just like a clipping from a newspaper of like a journalist who like took a photo of a right. little girl or something and then like captioned it that who the fuck knows. But I'm just relaying it to you guys. Once you arrived onto the island, you were shackled to another inmate and then you're ordered to walk 10 feet forward across a plank from the ship to solid land. Then, in a line of prisoners who are marching two by two, surrounded by security guards on each side and officials, you're marched into the yard and through the cell block. Then you're going to be searched, provided with your number, and allocated to a specific cell. Then you're going to be unhandcuffed from the other prisoner you've been cuffed to, stripped naked, and led to a bathhouse. At the bathhouse, you're examined with a magnifying glass and a flashlight into every orifice on your body. Then you're led to wash yourself. After the shower, you're locked in a cell with your name and number on it. Just imagine having the job of looking into orifices. That sounds Uh like the worst job you could ever have. Right. Like, even if you find something, then now you have to dig it out. Uh Like, Uh what's the deal? So, have you ever seen the cells at Alcatraz? No. Five feet by nine feet in size. 
notoriously small. Yeah, that's super tiny. There's a steel cot you can sleep on, which folds against the wall when not being used because it's so small. There's also a steel shelf to put things on and a steel shelf, which you can sit on. And there's a basin and a toilet. Here are some photos of the cell so you can see how small it is and describe it. So small. Um, I mean, it looks like you could reach your hands across and touch either side of the walls. Right. Yeah, super tiny. And then your tur- your turlet is right next to your Your cot. turlet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super small. Very, very tiny. Right. Wooden cot. Natalia's scrolling through some photos of different cell blocks. They all look the same. Same layout. Um, You have like a little tiny, almost like a desk. Yeah. That is like it's bolted a desk to the wall. Slash seat. Slash like that's where you eat your dinner off of. Yeah, probably. So if you were sent to Alcatraz, it's because, like we said, you're an agitator, meaning that you stoked the fire, you caused the crimes, you premeditated murders. So before Alcatraz was Alcatraz, it was actually a military prison. The United States Department of Justice acquired Alcatraz from the U.S. Army in late 1933, and they announced that their purpose was to house the nation's most dangerous and devious federal inmates. Hmm. The first occupants of the new super maximum minimum privilege security system were 32 military convicts who were left behind when the military vacated the island. I feel like that sucks. That does suck. I know. Also, I you know what I'm thinking of right now is just like, it's so interesting. I'm not saying I disagree. I'm just saying it's so interesting that in the 1930s, like the most vile of criminals right. are like figureheads of gangs, which yeah. I agree. That's horrible. But I'm thinking like modern day, like I would be like Jeffrey Dahmer is the worst. Right. right. Well, most of these people were finally sent to prison, not because of the crimes they committed, but for tax evasion interesting pay your taxes folks right it was like like if you're killing people and doing all this other shit you should pay your taxes because you should know that the government really only cares about that that's true and they're gonna bust you for all that other shit just as a cherry on top to make themselves look good there's a life lesson so many of the people who were sent to alcatraz were hitmen bank robbers train heist designers cold-blooded killers None of them were like weirdos. Like, did we just not have weirdos back then? I that's a, I mean, I feel like life was so hard that you just like didn't have time to be a weirdo. It's like you were either a murderer or you plowed a field and that's it. There was no in between. But like you didn't murder for like the fun of feeling your knife like slice through right. skin. You murdered because you wanted money or something. Or maybe we just don't have good enough records of serial killers from back then. But I guess like Jack the Ripper. That's true. He was pretty fucking whacked out. Yeah. But that was what, the 1800s? Yeah. Yeah, that dude had a problem. Maybe he was doing science. He was like, you guys, I'm writing a book. I, you know, instead of studying canaries, <laughs> he studied knives. I don't know. The warden and his assistant at Alcatraz, what do you think that they were like? Bitchy? Could be said. They were actually popular with the prisoners. Really? So they were chosen specifically for their ability to rule the unruly. They were notoriously tough, but they also they also were like reformists themselves. It's very strange. So they were nicknamed the Iron Man because of how serious they were. But like, for example, the warden, James A. Johnson, he was a highly strict disciplinarian. 
and a reformist who imposed a number of rules upon the prison, including a code of silence that oh. was very strict. He was known as, quote, old saltwater to the inmates. And he actually challenged the barbaric tactics which were used in prison at the time, including straitjackets and solitary confinement in darkness. He was huh. like, if you want people to behave... You need to give them like basic human rights. Otherwise, they're just going to act out more like right. if you're never giving them any rewards. So he really tried to make life for them in prison as full as many rewards for good behavior as he could. He believed that having good food would keep them from rioting. So he gave them three meals a day and they were good. And prisoners could get more servings if they finished their previous plate. He also believed that only one inmate should be kept in each cell, which was safer than having two inmates mm -hmm. from other prisons. He also kept them a 15,000 book library and a 70, 75 magazine subscriptions, which was like not really something you did in prison at the time. He also let Al Capone play in a band. He played banjo in a band called the Rock Islanders, which was an oh. inmate band. Interesting. So there's rumors that there were prisoners who actually asked to be transferred to the Rock for those perks. And even though he ended up getting attacked by someone. Of course. No good deed goes unpunished. Right. He ended up getting attacked by someone during lunch because he always wanted to eat with the inmates and not be guarded, which just feels stupid to me. He got attacked by someone, but then he was like, you know what? I'm just going to keep doing this because it's working for everyone else, I guess. Yeah. Like this one dude attacked me. That doesn't negate all of the positive experiences I've had with all these other people. Exactly. Good for him. So during the 29 years that Alcatraz was in operation, the prison witnessed escape attempts from 36 prisoners, five of which whereabouts remain unknown to this day. So it worked. Yes. The most famous prison escape in U.S. history took place there in June of 1926. And the inmates who escaped were John Anglin, Clarence Anglin, and Frank Morris. All three of them were former bank robbers who were sent to Alcatraz to finish out the remainder of their sentences. And rather than wait for their sentences to be over, they decide, you know what? I'm going to escape. They they designed the sickest escape ever. Have you ever heard of this escape? I, I have, like, on the Discovery Channel, like, you know, you tune in and out of special right. programs. But I'm excited to hear all of the details because I don't know all the details. So if you watch that movie with Clint Eastwood, which I recommend, it's very good, um, Escape from Alcatraz. Clint Eastwood plays Frank Morris, I think. I could be wrong. I think he does. Anyways, he's like the mastermind of this whole thing. So Frank Morris gets all of these guys. He is in his cell and he realizes that the walls are like thin on the other side. And he realizes that from years of just being like near the ocean, yeah. it's starting to decay. So what he does is he gets everyone to steal spoons from the cafeteria and then slowly start chipping away at the walls. Then he takes hair from the salon, like collected over many weeks, to make fake heads out of soap wax and like hair they put on the head to make these masks. Um, and then they also stole raincoats that they would later use to inflate as rafts. So here is a photo of how they escaped. So they they uh, wow. chipped away to make a hole underneath the sink. You can see um, see how they like took away the grate in front of the sink. They chipped away at it. Right. And then they used paint from like their um, woodworking thing or whatever and like putty they made it to uh like cover up the hole when they weren't working on it so they got a piece of cardboard and they cut they painted it to look like the grate and they put it in front of the grate wow and then they would remove it 
dig away behind it and then if the guard was coming or something like put that back in front almost like a photo yeah so that you wouldn't know there was a hole behind it god that must have taken so long with a spoon crazy well apparently it didn't take that long because the wall was deteriorating but they just didn't know it and then they made these fake heads out of those are so creepy so creepy and they put them on their side and stuffed it so it looked like they were sleeping so that at night when they escaped the guards would walk by and they would see like, oh, they're just sleeping in their bed, giving them more time to escape. So they crawled through this fucking wall, which is also mortifying. Look how small those holes are. No, thank you. My hips could not fit through that. Yeah. No, I don't think I could fit like my shoulders through that. No. It's like so small. You'd have to like really wiggle and have a lot of faith that like you can just contort yourself enough to get out of there. Because imagine if you're stuck in that. I know. You get stuck in the wall. Oh. Ugh, horrible. Then those three men, they they went through the ventilation shaft from a utility corridor leading to the roof. So once they got out of their, uh, like, cells or whatever, they were in this big utility corridor, and then they, like, sh- shimmied their way up on top of the roof. Then they slid down a pipe using the raincoat rafts, and they made it... T- you guys, if you... If I can't uh, read right now, it's because I have these fucking stupid ass contacts in and like <laughs> they like have made my pupils smaller than they are. And I like see red not on enough, the side. Yeah, not yeah. enough lights getting in. I like can't see shit. You're okay. doing great. So they slid down a pipe using their raincoat rafts and they made it to the ground. Then they used those rafts to go to San- the San Francisco Bay. And then their absence wasn't even noticed until the next morning. And by then they were already gone. Now, the warden says that they just probably died, but I don't know. I think they got away. Hey. I think he's saying that to cover his ass. Right. There was also a failed attempt, which was, like, really fucking sad, but part of the reason that there's ghosts here. So there was an inmate who – there was a couple inmates. I say a couple. Like, there was, like, four or five. It's a really long story, so I'm not going to give you guys all the details. But basically, there was few inmates. They tried to escape, and the way that they did it is they had stolen a yard door key – Uh, which was against regulations so that they could let kitchen staff out easy without having to disturb the gallery officer at lunch. And I guess the gallery officer was like, sure. Yeah. Then you don't, I don't have to bother, you know, with it, whatever. Then I don't have to do my job. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So then they were going to try to escape with it, but they jammed the door because there were so many keys on. It was like one of those rings with a bunch of keys on it. Right. They couldn't figure out which key to go in there. And they eventually like jammed the door. So they were like stuck inside the prison. And then they knew that they were they were fucked. So they were like, okay, plan B, let's take hostages. So they took hostages of like other prisoners and guards and stuff. And they got a gun from one of the guards. And they were basically like, if you don't let us go, we're going to kill everyone. Um, And then the hostage were like tr- this this went on for like a couple days there were they were positioned in a place like above in the prison um where you couldn't get to them so they're they're just like imagine like a tower yeah. and there's like a bunch of prisoners up there with a gun and a bunch of hostages like what are you gonna do yeah not much so Hope that they come back down because yeah they need food yeah and then the people that were there were trying to cooperate the hostages so they were like trying to write down the name of the perpetrators or whatever and like drop it down the tower and send it to um people who were trying to help and then the prisoners got word of that and started killing some of them so it basically, long story short, the there was a couple of the people who tried to escape that were like, yo, OK, we're caught. We're going back to our cells. We're just going to get punished. And, you know, we're done with this. Yeah. But then there were a couple of them that were like, OK, we're not going to surrender and we're going to die defending this. And they ended up doing that. They actually had to get the military to cut a hole in the roof and drop 
grenades down on where they thought they were. Sounds like kind of a poor design for a prison, though. Like, let's just have this one random tall tower yeah, where, well, like, you're going to have to cut a hole in the roof in order to stop anyone who's in there. I know. I, I'm saying, but that was where the watch, the guards oh, were. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. So they thought they had done something good. They're like, we're going to have this impenetrable tower, but it was penetrable, and then it wasn't. Then they made it. Yeah. Then, yeah, then they had to penetrate it with a, a hole. So in March of 1963, they shut down Alcatraz because why do you think? Because somebody said that it was inhumane. No. No? What does the government only care about? <gasps> Money. Yeah. Oh, it was too expensive. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It was too yeah. expensive. They're like, you're giving three meals a day to inmates? Yeah. They're getting to read books and they have magazine subscriptions? They get a second helping of food if they finish their first plate? Like, wasteful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So... The prison is super haunted, basically. Also, there was a bunch of bread. This is not that haunted, but I guess it could be. Uh, apparently, Al Capone was like super. Um, I mean, he was a bad guy. Like he was, he just yeah, did whatever course, he wanted, yeah. right? So when he was in the prison that before Alcatraz, I guess he like ran the prison. He had bribed a bunch of the guards and stuff like that to let him have like better cell conditions than the other uh, prisoners. So here's a photo of his cell at that prison. <laughs> He's got like that? furniture. He like has nice furniture. Yeah, he has like a chest of drawers or an arm armoire, whatever it's called, armoire. Yeah, and he has uh, a chair, like a wooden chair. He's got stuff all over the walls. He has a lamp. He has uh, like His oil paintings. Oil paintings. He has a radio. Wow. So he tried to pull that shit when he got to Alcatraz, and then the warden was like, "No, that's not going to work." And he's quoted as saying, uh, "Like in one of his letters, he wrote, quote, it looks like Alcatraz has me licked.'" Wow. But then he started that band. So maybe he enjoyed So who's his time the real there. winner here? Right? Okay. So basically there's a bunch of ghosts in this place because they like mistreated people. The cell, the D block cell is like super fucked up. Do you know anything about solitary confinement? I just know that like I some there was some psychological study done that said like two days in solitary confinement can make you go insane or something. It was like a number of days that's way less than you right. think. And I also remember that Law & Order SVU did an episode where uh, Stabler goes undercover and he gets put in solitary confinement and he gets to the point where he doesn't even know how long he's been in there. And then when they finally release him from solitary confinement because he was like undercover, yeah. um, he's like literally insane and, ha and has like PTSD and has to go to counseling and stuff. And he's a police officer. So, yeah, it's fucked up, basically. Um, cell Block D was the solitary confinement, like, uh, blocks at Alcatraz. And there was people constantly be sent there because they, these were, like, unruly right. prisoners, right? So prisoners there were held 24 hours a day with no light, no air circulation, and no toilet. In one of the places, it was just a slot bucket. Ew. They get, uh, and the other ones that were, like, better had a hole in the ground. So it you're stuck in this damp, dark space with nothing else in it besides maybe a bucket of your shit and piss right, and or just, a hole smells. with shit and piss in it. And you get let out for one hour once a week into the yard if you were good. No, but, that's enough to make anyone go insane. Right. But then isolation like that makes you act out. And so then you don't get let out into the yard. It's just really sad. It's like fucked. So it's haunted. Apparently... The prison, the prison spawned many rumors 
actually facts i'm gonna say yeah that it was haunted because there was torture of inmates that was happening there now no prison is gonna say oh yeah we torture inmates so these were just rumors that people said they were like that's why it was so secret because they're torturing inmates inmates there and in the last years of Alcatraz being in operation, guards reported strange noises coming Ooh. from the utility corridor where the three inmates were shot during that, like, failed escape attempt. Right. Nuts. Yeah. I right? mean, I believe that. And also, Capone had spent most of his downtime, like we talked about, playing the banjo in that prison band. And in recent years, visitors claim that they can hear the upbeat banjo, a banjo tune of someone playing banjo somewhere in the prison. All right. Well, that's Al Capone, because who else fucking played the banjo there? Yeah. Yeah. Right? And also, there's ghost sightings. Do you see this photo of a ghost woman who was taken April of 2014 through the window of a visitation block? Look at that. That's not the just the reflection of the person taking the photo? No. It's like, an, it doesn't it look like a 1930s woman. Yeah. All dressed in black, like as if they're going to a funeral or something. Why would there be a female ghost here? Because she's visiting. Oh, it's the she's... visitation block. So the oh. way that you had visitors was like through that little tiny window. Oh, that's not a mirror. That's a no, window. it's a window. Wow. You want to describe it to people? Yeah. So I'm looking at um like a little small glass window that has... Um, like blinders on either side right. and a little table where perhaps someone could like pick up a phone and talk to the person on the other side. Yeah. And looking through this clear glass window is just the black um, like image of a woman that's like all dressed in black, like a shadow woman. That's what I'm trying to say. Shadow Looks woman. like a shadow woman wearing a funeral garb. Yeah, I know. Isn't that? It's really weird. That's creepy. So apparently the image was taken by a 48-year-old British teaching assistant who was named Sheila Sillery Walsh, who visited the jail with her partner, Paul. Sillery Walsh said, quote, as soon as we entered the prison, everything felt very eerie. I didn't feel comfortable there. While doing an audio tour of the place, I casually stopped to take a snap of the empty visitation block window on my iPhone. When I glanced at the photo on my mobile phone, I saw this dark female figure in the picture. I looked at the window again and there was no one in the room. I knew straight away that the woman in the photo was a ghost and I showed the snap to Paul. From that point onwards, I wasn't interested in the Alcatraz tour anymore. I just kept looking up the picture over and over again. Her partner, Paul, said, quote, when I first saw the photo, I tried to rationalize the female figure away by saying it was just Sheila's reflection. But with closer inspection, it's obvious that this is not the case at all. The woman's hair and clothing is from a different era entirely. It looks like she's from the 1930s or 40s. I have no logical explanation for the girl in the picture. I'm baffled by her. It's funny because she's staring right at the camera with a knowing look. I was really skeptical about ghosts before, but I'm a bit more of a believer now. I do think that the woman in the photo is a, a, in the photo is a ghost. The couple have tried to find out the identity of the woman in the photo. Oh, good. And they even contacted the staff at Alcatraz, but none of the old timers recognized the woman in the photo. That's so cool. I wonder, like, who, yeah, who was she there to visit? Like, who is she? Like, because if you typically the stories we hear about right. are like ghosts come back to areas that they have an attachment to. Right. Yes. So if you die in a house, you might stay in the house. Or if you um, 
I don't know, Diane, you used to always wear this like gold locket. Maybe the ghost has some attachment to that gold locket right. and will show up wherever that locket is. So the fact that a ghost would show up at a prison area where clearly the person didn't die yeah. because it was a male only right. jail, then she must have like a crazy attachment to that area. And I want to know who she's visiting. Me too. If you're that ghost, comment below. Call us at 1-800-GHOST-TIME. <laughs> Thank you. So that warden I told you about, James A. Johnston, who was the first warden of Alcatraz, he reportedly heard and saw tons of ghosts during his stay there. While he was patrolling the prison, he said that ghosts still lingered in the blocks and they were there from the time of um, when it was a military prison or even before. So before Jeez. it was a military prison. Oh, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Before it was a military prison, it was a prison like back even before then, like during gold rush times, I guess, oh. like in, eight, in the 1840s and 1850s. That fucking nuts. That so, is nuts. So he even reportedly heard a woman sobbing while conducting a tour of the prison in its heyday. And this guy is like super rational, well liked, like right, humanitarian like no straight jackets. Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so if he's hearing this shit and thinks it's haunted, I feel like I don't know. I believe him. And he would clearly not like a woman crying. No, like he'd be like, "Don't cry." So right. it's really upsetting to him. Well, and again, women aren't supposed to be in this jail. So hearing. A woman's right. voice, that would be very alarming anyway, because you can't just rationalize it away and be like, oh, it's one of the guards or it's, you know, whatever. Somebody, I don't, I don't know. You just, he was you haunted by the rule breaking women crying in the prison. Maybe in gold rush times, they would throw women in that jail. Hey, guess what? We're rewriting the history books. That's what it was. I cracked it. My mouth is, my jaw is on the floor. Oh, yeah. If you guys are just listening to the audio version. Nat's mouth is wide open. I can't speak because my mouth is on the the floor. My jaw has unhinged because I've solved it. Wow! My wig flew. Okay. We're getting towards the end of this, so I'm trying to make it really entertaining. Right. Wow! Some ghost hunters and spirit seekers and paranormal enthusiasts believe that they have interacted from ghosts from the earliest days. Some believe that Native American prisoners who perished during the Civil War still haunt the prison. They hear whispering and moaning sounds at night, and they claim to see floating blue lights and figures. Some even report the hearing of clanking of prison chains. See, I don't know why in my head I like passed over the part in the intro where you were explaining that this prison's been here for a long time. And I just went straight to like, oh, it was there because Al Capone needed a place to stay. And now that I'm realizing how fucking old and how many different types of prisoners from different eras have stayed there. Like, yeah, how could it not be haunted? Right. Yeah. Well, actually, so before it was a prison, there's there's like dungeons that are underneath the prison that they would even send prisoners to. So underneath cell, the D block where the um, solitary confinement is, those used to be dungeons from back in the Civil War days. And you can see on the writing on the wall. Oh, wow. And there, like where people had written, um, had carved like how many days they had been there or right. whatever. So Natalia is showing me uh, a whitewashed brick wall or stone wall and somebody has carved into it day and then there's just hatch marks to indicate how many days they've been in that dungeon and then i think it says like something 8 1934 does that say september 8 1934 it's kind of hard for me to tell but yeah i think 
I can see the 1934 and I can see the eight. I can't see what's before it. Yeah, maybe it says, I think it says September or SEP. I'm not sure. And then it says day. So maybe the day that they got thrown in there, they knew what date it was. Because right. they can like read the newspaper or whatever. And so they carved that on the wall so they wouldn't go and insane. That's, that's a lot of hatch marks too. Yeah. And then they started counting the days. Here's some more photos of those. Wow. So, like I said, before the D block became the hole or whatever, um, it was previously the site of a massive brick barracks built by the U.S. Army in the 1850s, which was called the Citadel. And army prisoners had demolished it in 1908 to make way for new military prison. So can you like just imagine you're in this super shitty dungeon where you have a slop bucket to shit in? And your only thing you get to do is hard labor. And they're like, okay, you're going to build a prison for more prisoners to come. Yeah. What what like a scam, you know? It's like you go to prison and now you have to build more things to bring in more prisoners. Yeah. It's like, welcome to prison. Now you do this. I didn't have anything creative to say there, yeah. guys. No, it's like, okay, you go to work at... Never mind. I actually can't think of any comparison. <laughs> you guys, comment below if the script of what we should say right now. I was like, I was going to say, like, you go to your job at Walmart and now you have to build another Walmart. Like, yeah. that's a fucking yeah, ripoff. <laughs> like, I'm not a construction worker. I came here to do retail. Like, <laughs> so I, I don't like know that. what I'm doing. So those underground cells were referred to as dungeons and they still fucking used those in the Alcatraz day. It's like literally a dungeon. Yeah, it's straight up a dungeon. It's dungeon. It's just an empty fuck. Picture a dungeon. That's what it is. And they were eventually replaced by the present D block isolation cells. And uh, so, yeah, super haunted. I mean, super you've got haunted. ancient prisons on prisons on prisons. Yeah. Like. So paranormal seekers also say that the solitary confinement uh, is the like the D block is the most haunted in the prison, um, the hole, in other words. And they say that 14 D is always freezing cold, even during the summer when it's hot in the rest of the prison. And that it also always elicits a feeling of sudden intensity people just feel like they walk in there and they can feel this like energy that's not. Yeah. I mean, fuck. The, I mean, the place, first of all, it looks totally undesirable in just in general. Right. Like, I don't want to spend longer than I need to in a dungeon in general. And then to know that, like, all of these people were tortured there and so many different people from different eras have, have been imprisoned there, solitary confinement. I mean, buckets of slop poop. Yeah. Like, I also, no. it was probably more likely that it was, like, constipated poops. Because I feel like if you don't get any exercise and you're just, like sitting in a corner all day like your system's not going to be flushed out i mean it depends on what they were feeding them just more poop <laughs> it's <laughs> fucked up no they weren't no, i don't, I was I don't saying, think they got the good food in like there. yeah if if because i don't know about you guys but if i eat certain types of food just immediately coming out the other end right. so i just feel like it depends on what kind of food they gave them if they were feeding them only like spaghetti with no sauce i feel like you'd be really constipated but if you were just given what gives you diarrhea <laughs> so why don't you There's just go ahead so and tell many us fucking things gluten gives yeah. me diarrhea dairy gives me diarrhea and egg gives me diarrhea wow. and all three of those things also cause me to vomit wow the idea of eggs grosses me out i i love eggs i'm so sad i can't eat eggs really i get yeah. sad because i think like oh this was this is like a baby. an embryo but it's unfertilized Right. What came first, the egg or the chicken egg? These are the questions. I just want to freeze frame. I want you to freeze frame on this and have like an inspirational quote 
This is what came first, the egg or the chicken egg. That's what we should do from now on. So people also believe that ghosts are in the D-block cells 11, 12, and 13. Haunted, 13. And 11 and 12. 13, though. Is super haunted, right? Super haunted. So that's my episode. Do you Love have it. any other questions? No. I mean, I automatically just believe it's haunted. I feel like you could have told me no information and been like, hey, do you think Alcatraz is haunted? And I'd be like, from the two sentences of information I've heard about that place, yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I feel like I gave a very Disney version of Alcatraz, but obviously prison in the 1930s was not very humane. And no. even though you had this warden who was trying his best to be... Like what he thought was humane. Right. He was like, oh, no straitjackets. I'm really good. You know, like... I'm progressive. Yeah. And maybe he was for the time. But yeah, I mean, now I think we we know that solitary confinement is of its own form of torture. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's super haunted. If you would like to go on a tour there, you can go. Um, And I think it's weird that people will go on tours there. I will do it because I want to see what they're seeing. Yeah. But I also think it's weird. Hey, let's go there. You guys want us to go to Alcatraz on Halloween this Sunday? It's too late for us to do that, but... <laughs> Drop a comment. Yeah, let us know where you guys want us to go. Yeah, where you want us to go next for our next haunted vlog. But yeah, I mean, I definitely definitely believe that that place is haunted. And the story of the guys that escaped and made like these doll heads from soap wax right. and just random people's hair, that's its own kind of haunted. I also feel like, okay, so if you were in a prison like that where... If you got caught breaking the rules, you would be sentenced to solitary or they would like extend your prison sentence. Would you try to escape or would you just be like, you know what? I'm going to keep my head down for like my four and a half year sentence or whatever it is. And then when I get out, I'll do whatever the fuck I want again. But yeah, I mean, I think it depends on how long your sentence is, because it sounds like some of these people started with a like soft sentence. I mean, whatever and they kept extending and it. they kept extending it. Yeah, yeah because they weren't behaving well i mean who knows what the real story is and so i feel like if i knew hey i'm not getting out until i'm 99 well the odds of me living to 99 are not good so like yeah i mean you have nothing to lose at that point might right. as well especially if you're already in solitary confinement already shitting in a bucket like already not getting to go to the library or getting to do anything and you're just like in this dark haunted place also I mean, since this prison was used so many times, who's to say that the people living in the cell blocks weren't also living with ghosts? Right. Like, absolutely, I would out. try to escape at that point. Like, cool. I'm stuck in a five foot by nine foot cell in the dark. Yeah. Let out one hour a week, shitting in a hole in the ground. And I've got several ghosts in right. here with me. And it's not enough space for all of us. Yeah. And I mean, I think some of them were like at the time living with like diseases and things like that so they right. weren't comfortable there no i think al capone might have died of so one of them died of syphilis i can't remember who oh, that it was sucks. i think it might have been him but i don't want to like say that was you don't true slander his name i yeah. know i mean like, you know if he just died of like regular syphilis and not like right not super syphilis yeah yeah not prison syphilis yeah it's different one of them did because i remember being like wow that probably was really miserable yeah because as we know as we've learned in our beast of bray road episode it like ate away at your skin and skull yeah yeah awful terrible well that's my episode i loved it thank you natalia i think that this is the perfect episode to finish out our haunted i was gonna say haunted girl summer haunted girl summer is a state of mind yeah not a season right so although we are in spooky season october halloween town time mm -hmm. i think it's also important to know that it's still haunted girl summer and you can still get merch at letsgethaunted.com if you'd like to celebrate that and if you don't straight to jail right to jail 
jail. jail. I loved this episode, Natalia. Oh, Thank really? you very much. Yes. Oh, I had a good. great time. I like the the haunted history of the United States and the world all over. Really interests right. me. So Yeah. And if you guys have any ideas for podcast episodes, you can go to our Reddit or you can comment on the photo dump for this episode what you want to happen and thank you for being with us for this month yeah go ahead and do our sign off i'm like trying to think in my head of what to even say brb gotta go pimp my ride in alaska oh wow yeah. okay bye, bye.